Welcome, everyone, to another week of the Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuk, joined, as always, by my wife and co-host, Acronym. What up, though? And uh, we're here to, uh, I want to say before we get started, if it looks a little smoky in here, Acronym did not smoke this morning. Uh, it's just the it's just the air. Yeah, the air outside is bad. Like this is that moment where people could be like, it's like Silent Hill, but yeah, no, it's it, it started like I want to say last yesterday afternoon is when yeah. I noticed it when I looked outside and went, what the hell? Uh, my my friend Alex, who is a photographer in Chicago, was saying she's having a hard time breathing outside over there. Yeah, they are the worst in the country right now. We're number two. We're, We're number two. We're number two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so... Uh, things to be proud of. No, it's crazy outside, but it's uh, it's crazy in the world of, of nerds and whatnot, and that's where we go when we start the show with headlines. <laughs> start off on, I guess, let's start with the movies. The Flash came out two weeks ago. We still have not gone to see it because it's probably going to hit HBO Max any day now. Um, and, I don't really care. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but the second week in the box office for The Flash, not great. Uh, they're saying that the only other superhero movie that's done worse than this in its second week is Morbius. And the fact that Morbius is beating them out is pretty great. They, so Morbius saw a... 73.8 drop off in the second week. Flash is just a straight up 73%. Yikes. That's, yeah. Oof. Oof. I've heard, you know what? People that have come to the comic store that have seen it and said they really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like it's, it's a combination of things. It's people thinking like they should have done something about Ezra Miller and this shouldn't have happened. Right. There are people like me who are going, I don't want to see Michael Keaton do that again and poorly. Why would I? You, you are in the minority. I am in the minority. It is a nostalgia trip for everyone that lived through Batman 89. Yeah, I well, I was one. So, okay, <laughs> I didn't live through that. No. I, I was barely confident. How dare you not be paying attention to the Michael Keaton Batman movie at the tender age of one years old. Okay, this is the argument I had with Mike Chait yesterday because he said something to me about the very early uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. And I'm like, Mike, I was four. <laughs> and he's like, well, I was like six or seven. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have been watching that. That's I was I was, I was, like 12. I know. <laughs> I know. Yep. So that's what, that's why. I have a blind spot, therefore I don't have nostalgic feelings over Michael Keaton's Batman. I'm a bad person, apparently. It's fine. Well, <laughs> add that to the list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Reasons why I'm a bad person. You've seen the uh, you've seen the first Ninja Turtles movie since we've lived together, haven't you? No. The live action one? No. Wow, really? Yeah. You don't you don't watch that stuff with me ever. Well, I don't watch it a lot. Yeah. Sure. No, the only thing I've ever seen you watching is the cartoon. And, like, uh, no, I absorbed a very specific episode of the cartoon. A very specific episode. But, there was a greenhouse involved. Yes, yes. <laughs> and me just thinking, like, this is how they get weed. Right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, with Flash doing so poorly in the box office in his second week, you'll never believe what movie did really well mm. across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, of course. Still yes. killing it. 
in the theaters. However, um, a uh, what what was the website that did the uh, a website did an interview with four crew members of Across the Spider Verse. It was Vulture Vulture.com, and they talked about how in order to get that movie out, uh, over a hundred animators quit during the production and uh the animators that were still there were working 11 hour days seven days a week to get that movie out they also said that there is no way we're getting the next spider-verse next year yeah no and i honestly i would rather them hold until they could you know like do it in a time frame that makes it better don't rush it yeah absolutely absolutely i i think we're all in agreement when it comes to whether it's video games or music or whatever our entertainment medium is. It's like, don't kill yourself making it. Just make it good. Yeah. And when it's ready, it's ready kind of thing. So we'll uh, we'll probably be waiting for the next Spider-Verse movie. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm, like you said, I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with waiting. Uh, I got yeah. some for you. So I actually text a friend of the show, Erica, about this because I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take for for on your side to see this but i am on fallout boy twitter like a motherfucker yeah so i know what's going on a little bit quicker um fallout boy decided to update we didn't start the fire oh no and with events from the past 30 years is that is that out now <laughs> yes it is out as of this morning oh, we have to listen they, to that they teased it yesterday and it was when i sent it to erica and i was like uh keep an eye on this one yeah um but they decided that they were going to add things from like, you know, the 90s, the thousands, 2000s. So yeah. it name drops things like um, Kurt Cobain dying. 9-11's got to be in there. Yep. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man go really by really quick and it's really funny. Yeah. Um, mentions Taylor Swift and Kanye West, uh, the school shootings. Sure. Like just a bunch of stuff is in there. Some good and some... Things that you'd like to forget, you know, but sure. those are things. Um, so Pete once had tweeted out a series of like, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time and been trying to like, how do I, how do I order this or whatever? Yeah. Which is also a, a funny exchange that I had with Erica was she had texted me and goes like, so Pete is the lead singer. And I and I go, not like, or not, she didn't ask me if he was the lead singer. He's the, the front man, essentially. I said, yes. So Pete is the bassist, yet he is the front man. Patrick does zero shit to be the front man except sing. So, and in like half the time, Pete is the one doing the lyrics. So when we went and saw them live, who played the piano? Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Because I, th- I thought that guy, I, I, it looked like he was doing a majority of the singing. So I thought yeah. he was he was the front man. Yeah. No, this is one of those weird situations. And this is where it came in, where Erica comes in and she goes, I want Nikki Six and Pete Wentz to sit down and interview about being the front men, but also being the bassist. Yeah. Because it, it's it's a very weird juxtaposition. They could do, you, re- you remember that cool video that was like, it was uh, Jack White and uh, the guy from Led Zeppelin. Yep. And uh, what was it, uh, Edge from U2, and they were all just sitting there with guitars and stuff. They could get Getty Lee and just recreate that video. With- yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Honestly. Um, so yeah, the that one's out right now on streaming. It's got newsworthy items from 1989 to 2023. So it it definitely be interesting to listen to. I only got through one listen of it. Yeah. Um, before we started today, so I don't know what everything is yet, but I'll definitely be listening to it a couple more times. So I was thinking about this because I've kind of secretly become a Fallout Boy fan. Yeah. In the last you know decade or two. 
Um, when the first Rock Band game came out, there was really shitty discourse between Guitar Hero 3 fans and the original Rock Band fans about who had the worst song. And the song that was labeled as the bad song in the original Rock Band game was uh, Dead on Arrival by Fall Out Boy. That was the song that all the Guitar Hero Rock Band people were like, this song's garbage. And then I played it on the drums and it was fucking fun. Yeah, you know what it is? Is It's just it's so pop punk that, you know, guitarists are not going to think it's cool. That's the funny thing, too, is I can't remember which song it was in Guitar Hero 3 that everyone pointed to. It was like, yeah, well, you guys got to play that song. That's, <laughs> that's garbage. I do not remember what song it was. I don't care or something like that, given the era that it came out. In. It wasn't a Fall Out Boy song. It was like another pop punk band. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll have to look it up. I have no idea. But yeah, um, it, it definitely is a definitely worth listening to. Like you said, you know, you've got uh, MySpace gets mentioned. The Black Parade gets mentioned. Excellent. Um, the Chicago Cubs, which is their hometown. Yeah. Um, in their World Series draft, bringing up uh, Captain Planet. Like there's just a bunch of funny stuff in there. Fun. Yeah. I like that. Be good. What else you got? Uh, there was a clip going viral of the Queens of the Stone Age set from uh. Glastonbury and I have watched this thing like multiple times now because it, it like I want to be there so bad while simultaneously not wanting to be in that crowd is the weirdest thing ever okay so there's a circle pit happening yeah like in which song are they playing oh a song for the dead that makes sense. so it's the last song on the set everybody's getting a hype you know they've gone through all of the stuff that they already had played or whatever and they get to the last moment and, and there's like a circle pit forming. And Josh says, wait a minute. I'm not done shit yet. Stop for a second. Stop. I haven't done shit. I run this fucking place. You don't go until I say go. <laughs> and it just like the whole thing is unleashed. There is a man in this photo that like I need to post it looks, on our Instagram because he's just losing his mind. It's like it, it looks like ranged MJF. He looks like Colt Cabana. <laughs> I mean, the pit just starts going crazy, but it's like, you know, that intro guitar riff. That, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. They're losing their mind. Oh, yeah. Right? And then it just unhinges and it's so great to watch. So if you have not watched that clip and you need a little blast of rock and roll serotonin, I highly suggest watching. That. I remember I think it was th I think it was when like Clockwork came out. I was kind of disappointed because there was only like one real rock banger on that album. Mm -hmm. And then I went and saw them live and realized, oh, they don't have to write any more fast rock songs. Yeah. They've got a great library of fast rock songs they can play for the rest of their careers. Now they can just write stuff to breathe. Yeah. Between them. Yeah. And I noticed that because I looked up the set list. I was trying to see what else they played. And it's like, there's only two songs from Villains on the entire set list. That stinks. And I'm like, we love that. yeah, it was like, Evil Has Landed and Like You Used To Do, which, yeah. like, I was kind of curious if he'd even play that because it seems like it was about Brody. Sure. So, like, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if he's going to. And those were the ones that I saw on there. And I was like, yeah, because I, I was supposed to go to the Villains concert with one of my friends and last minute her husband wanted to go. So I got booted. Right. And it's like the biggest regret ever. Yeah. I didn't get to go to that show because that's the album I attached to so hard. So but like seeing that, I was like, oh, man, I want to be there. But also still, a lot of people. I'm sure they still put on a fantastic show. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really hoping I can either shoot that or at least go to it when it comes through town. So they, they are definitely coming through Detroit. Yep. Yeah, I think it's September. Yeah. Uh, I got one more, and it's about Sunday's uh, AEW, uh, I will say Fight Forever. That's the video game. <laughs> AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door. We we watched a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was enjoyable. It was 
weird for for us because we're not new a new japan household like erica's household is so like half the guys we didn't really know but uh brian danielson in the main event with kazuchika okada let erica know i said it correctly (laughs) um broke his arm and then continued to wrestle the rest of the match like another 10 minutes uh, he, he figured he'd fractured his forearm. Well, uh, his wife, Brie, Brie Bella, uh, Brie Garcia, Brie Garcia put out the, the uh, photo on the, or the x-ray on her Instagram yesterday. Uh, and it is broken. It is broken, a broken, broken ass bone <laughs> in that forearm. And I already really like appreciated Daniel Bryan as a wrestler, especially having lost him for a decade and then it get him getting to come back. Uh, but between that and then watching the after an ADW event and watching Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson with a broken arm answer questions for like 20 minutes and still be saying Danielson I'm voting good guy Brian Danielson on something <laughs> like how do you sit through that amazing so much pain that's yeah. crazy to there me. was there was no muffins involved there was no Thank God running down anybody <laughs> in the company it's if you haven't watched that, um, I highly encourage you because it, it's a new it's a new uh, new level of respect I have for for that guy. I think he may be the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. After last after this weekend. Yeah, I can I can definitely test. And that was one of the things where, like, I don't know a ton, but as I was looking through after the match and stuff, uh, I obviously with um, Japan wrestling, you'd have more situations that are like ending in honor in my brain. Yeah. And the last person to tap out is it Okada. Yeah, was Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that was like eight, eight years ago. Yeah, so that is that is like a sign of respect in my head. Absolutely, and Danielson as well. Yeah, absolutely. At least he was the one that got to tap him out because that's it's a it's a funny event. Hold those things so highly indifferent than they do in like just WWE. And it's a it's a you know? funny event too because. You know, you are like one company versus another. Every match is one company versus another kind of thing with a little bit of crossover. But you, you, you know, you tend to hear stories about wrestlers and, and companies and how, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take the loss if it doesn't mean anything or right. that kind of thing. So for two companies to come together and put together an event that is just beneficial for the fans, no matter who's winning and losing, mm-hmm. but also still moving forward storylines for both companies is, is pretty good. Yeah, because the other big one was um uh Will Ospreay and... Uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Yep. And those guys, when they were done, were basically like, holy shit, like, that was amazing. Like, yeah. they were so proud of what they did. Yep. And I think that's the only time I've ever seen Will Ospreay say something positive. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. That's the really funny thing in the Brian Danielson uh, interviews is that he's mostly just regular kayfabe brian danielson but then somebody asks him a question about like would you want to fight okada again and he completely goes into character and is like well you know if he just broke my arm then i want to break his arm so yeah i go to japan and fight him and it's so funny to just watch him flip that switch yeah on and off while he's while he's it's it's not even a matter of is he kayfabe or is he shooting kind of thing. It's <laughs> literally a matter of like you can watch you can tell when he's being real and when he's being the character right and that's fun <laughs> i'm gonna run through a couple quick ones real quick um so we've got jack black doing a live performance of peaches which you with watch an orchestra yes with an orchestra <laughs> dressed in his his green suit yep so of course you know gotta love jack black for that fantastic um 
I know when uh, in April when the movie came out, that was the first time that Jack Black had ever hit a career solo on the charts for Billboard. Yeah. Uh, the only other time he's ever been on Billboard has been Tenacious D, and they peaked at 78. Cage has been holding him back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, Breeders announced a Last Splash 38th anniversary edition with uh, 2023 tour dates. They will be coming through our area of Detroit. Um, unfortunately, we're not getting Screaming Females as the opener. No hate to Horse Girl, but I would definitely love or to Or Belly. Seen. It would be yeah. see Belly. Yeah, you were definitely hype about I only know that one song from Belly, and that is it. Well, I, <laughs> the, the lead singer of Belly was on the second Breeders record. Like, mm-hmm. he's in the Breeders before Last Splash came out. That's, that's a weird album, too. When it first came out, didn't like it. Yeah. I could pick out four songs that were good and did not like it. And as I've gotten older, I've I've appreciated it as a whole more mm-hmm. to the point where the last time we were in, what's the record store in Royal Oak? Uh, UHF? Yes. Last time we were in UHF, they started the record and I didn't want to leave because I just wanted to listen to the record. <laughs> And they added um, two B-sides to it, uh, Go Man Go and Divine Mascus are new tracks that are coming as well. So um, they have a couple dates with the Foo Fighters in the middle of nowhere, and then Horse Girl, Screaming Females, and Belly. So that'll be interesting to see coming. And then um, Greta Van Fleet's frontman has announced they're part of the LGBTQ community. Oh, so well, that's congratulations. Awesome. Happy Pride uh, Month. Just wanted to throw it out there. It's a uh, Josh Kid, Kid. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kiska. Kiska. Yeah. Um. So he has been in a loving same-sex relationship with his partner for the past eight years. So he's just been kind of closeted this whole time. Um. They're also about to hit the route or the road with uh, Starcatcher World Tour. So that'll be interesting to see them come through again. You know, if you can actually get in to photograph those guys because they're so big now, it's hard to get in. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be interesting too because we all lost our minds when like their first EP came out. Yeah. We were all like, this is amazing. And then the album came out. It was kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. A lot of people were kind of like... Yeah, like, okay, we've seen this. Another album right after that. Like, they didn't have any breathing room. Like, they put out two albums in like a year and a half or yeah. something. Took some time, so I think this is the third album that they're doing. So we'll see how how much different or if there's any difference within their sound or anything like that. Right. Uh, happy for Josh that he was able to come out. So congratulations to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my last one is Pokemon Center has a Team Rocket section of their store with Team Rocket clothing. Okay. And I was I was showing this earlier to Chuck, but we've got like there's T-shirts, there's hoodies, there's a windbreaker that goes shorts into like a pocket, shorts, socks. And they have it in like red and white, and they also have it in black and red. So if you're a huge Team Rocket nerd, uh, you got some clothes to buy. They've got a t-shirt with the Rocket R on it that is so huge. Yeah. And it almost looks like the same font that Radiohead uses. It does kind of look like the same font Radiohead uses. But I I love... You guys can really tell from here. Yeah, you can kind of see it. I I love the giant R (laughs) t-shirt. I love it so much. So if you if you want to look like an evil Pokemon trainer, go to PokemonCenter.com and hit up the uh, Team Rocket section. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up our headlines this week. We've got a uh, a fantastic guest in uh, my buddy James, who I podcasted with for quite a few years, and we're going to talk about his love of John Cena. Ooh, doo, doo, doo. 
when the Really Big Fan Podcast returns. <laughs> Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. And this week, it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a old homecoming for me as a former co-host of mine is now our guest for our interview segment. Please welcome James to uh Hello. What's going on, you guys? So cool to see you again, James. And yeah, uh, we'll see. When we long time no podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> when we started the really big fan podcast, the idea was to talk to people who are really big fans. And you are a really big fan of multiple things, whether it be Taco Bell Oh, you're wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, the teenage <laughs> volcano minis back today through the air. <laughs> but uh, we figured we'd start at your biggest fandom, and that is your love for WWE superstar and movie star John Cena. Oh, yeah. Can you tell the fan? Just, see that just one? a bit. You see, you see that one right there? Just you a see bit. That one right there? Can I show you some of my toys? <laughs> How about this one? I'm all here. Yeah, all is John Cena's. Let's do a about, show and tell. It's a good thing. How about this videos. one? All right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the ultimate. That is the ultimate John Cena with the hands and stuff. Yeah. Hell. Did they ever make a character for his Transformers guy? As John Cena? I don't yeah. think so. For Bumblebee? <sighs> He's like, I got my bill. <laughs> okay, now we can now we can start. Now we start rolling. Go ahead, start rolling now. <laughs> when it when it comes to the Transformers movies, they rarely do the humans. They always it's always all about the robots and the cars. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. But they should have done a John Cena from the. Did they ever make like a Shiloh the Buff action figure? I at one point they made larger Transformers. They came with little dudes, but that okay. was for like the first movie. I don't think they did that for Bumblebee. Gotcha. Because I mean, I I try to get the Megan Fox action figure, you know, for right collecting reasons. It's called a blow up doll, James. No, those never feel like the real thing. So where did you kind of like officially realize that you were a giant John Cena fan? Dude, you know what? It's actually from him in the movies. Yeah. So um, before, like I had like a love-hate relationship with wrestling. Like I was really cool. And then at the time, like I was trying to meet chicks and then wrestling wasn't really the coolest thing to be into. So I wasn't into it. And at that point in time is when John Cena, like, became John Cena, you know? Right. And uh, I was like, who is this guy? He's got the spinning belt, you know? Like, what a D-bag. I'm like, I can't believe this is professional wrestling. So, uh, so I thought he was, like, one of the lamest dudes. I'm like, he's trying to rap. Like, who is this guy? Right. And then uh, I saw him in movies. And, like, his more more of his comedic roles. And I think the one role that, that put it over the top for me was his role in Trainwreck. He's literally in the movie theater making jokes about licking a bum hole. Um, and I'm like, that's the type of, I would make a joke like that. You know, I was like, John Cena can do it. And then <laughs> not only that, he's like the the most perfect specimen of a man. And I think that's when you see all of his muscles and a lot of his nooks and crannies is in that movie Train Wreck. And that's when I was like, God damn, I want to look like that when I'm naked. And I want to be able to say that same line in the movie theater. They get the same reaction. <laughs> So but uh, I think it, it was then, and then uh, you know, doing more research and looking into his wrestling and stuff, and kind of learning like the the stuff behind wrestling. You know, the the people are just characters and just stuff like that. Uh, he might not be as much of a douchey guy as was what I thought. Then you find out, you know, his message. You know, never give up. 
Uh, it was very like he's a very positive role model. He does a lot for Make a Wish. I'm like, damn, could there be a more perfect dude? I'm like, this is the guy I want to be like. The dude has such crazy work ethic too. Like he'll be presented with a challenge, and he's like, no, I- I'm gonna do it. Like he learned to play the piano, so he could pretty much do that scene in Peacemaker. Right. He had already known a little bit about it, I think, like playing piano, but he's like, no, I'm going to perfect this. I'm going to do it. And it's like, it just seems like every time that there's something like that, even for a role, he's like, no, I'm going to do it myself. I'm not going to have somebody else do it for me. Like, I really appreciate that about him for sure. It's very disciplined. Like, that's the one thing I don't have is discipline. Like, (laughs) he sets his mind to something. He's like, this is what I'm doing. And he sticks to it. Me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then when the time comes around, I'm like, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> I'll start tomorrow. So there was a time when he was still a wrestler. There was a time where the crowd was largely sick of John Cena, where they they like he he was doing that kind of hustle, loyalty, respect, never give up stuff for so long that the crowd was like, "We're done with this." Were you a fan during that period, and or or were you with the crowd and kind of like, eh, I don't know. No, I like I literally by the time I got back into wrestling, um, it was like a pipe dream to even see Cena at a show. I know, like he was all he was all movies, um, and all that. So I didn't see any of that stuff. Um, and the only only history of that that I've seen is like watching some of the documentaries and stuff that WWE ain't even putting out, yeah, uh, and things like that. But um, but no, like really, the only stuff that I've seen in the ring, I would say would be uh, like maybe a Royal Rumble within like the last few years. Uh, you know, the stuff he did with The Fiend, uh, the yep. Roman Reigns angle. Uh, what was it? Last SummerSlam, two SummerSlams ago. Uh, so that's really the only in-ring stuff from Cena that I've seen, like, now. It's not like a pay-per-view, not a pay-per-view, like an on-demand or a documentary type thing. Yeah, and then that one show that we were all at in Detroit, you were at that show, right? The the house show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, like, yeah. the perfect picture. It was after the movie. Yep, yep, yep. I snapped the perfect picture. He's in the background on the corner, <laughs> standing up doing his thing. And it's like ledges just shining down right upon him perfectly. And I had the perfect selfie. It was it was great. Not it's worth like what my wife talked to me into paying for the tickets, but that moment was pretty cool. <laughs> so do you like more of the positivity, the hustle, loyal respect than looking back at Dr. Thugonomics? Uh, I think his Dr. Thugonomics stuff is hilarious. Like some of the stuff, some of the stuff they would say in the WWE back then. But uh, I think, like, in terms of role models, stuff, yeah, like, uh, you know, with with my son and, like, we have John Cena toys and things for him, you know, mostly to appease dad. But, right. uh, you know, like, the hustle, loyalty, respect, like, that is, like, the type of angle I want to try to present to him. You know, like, that's kind of the stuff I, I think he should try to embody and do. And it's like, if you, I feel like if you see more people would act like that, man, the place would be, this whole place would be so much cooler. Yeah, for sure. True. It was funny because when I was first introduced to John Cena, I was introduced to like squeaky clean, kid friendly John Cena. And I was kind of having that thing where like the same thing with like he uh, face Roman Reigns where I'm just yeah. like, stop shoving this guy down my throat. And then like then I saw the Dr. Thumbodomic stuff and I was like, he was cooler back then. <laughs> yeah. I had like the complete opposite reaction to it. But like, I love him wholeheartedly overall. But that was definitely one of those moments where he's like, are you serious? Right. And I'm like, no, I am. 
she had a hard time believing how much we hated Thugonomics John Cena because yes. that was heel John Cena. Yeah. But then eventually we just had to respect that he was just doing that off the top of his head. He right. Good at it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that guy could write some burns in rap version. So. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I think he's got, had, I, he's got like a full album out. I think, anyways, too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I yeah. think it's it it just hit a milestone of some sort too. Like, yeah. It just hit. They're thirty years old at this point. It was like something like it hit like a certain certification of. Oh, like people are buying like the quadruple platinum, baby. <laughs> something like that. So, would you say the train wreck is still pretty much your favorite John Cena movie uh, uh, exposure, or ha- has another John Cena movie surpassed it? For well, you? I mean, I think he's I think he's great uh, as Peacemaker. Yeah, um, I thought he was great, um, you know, in the Suicide Squad movie and you know the standalone series. But uh, I mean, train wreck is really like that's the the movie that sold me because I think then he was like a drug dealer in like the Sisters movie. I don't know. I forget the order. Maybe he was a drug dealer first in Sisters, and then he had the bigger role in Trainwreck. But whatever it was, it was those two movies. Like seeing his role, I was like, "This Cena guy's." I think he's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, you felt, then, felt like you'd found a kindred spirit. Yeah, oh that, and plus it also plays so well into the like Mike pseudo character on the you know, David Chuck the Freak. Sure, you know, Mr. Homoerotic. I'm like I'm the dude that thinks you should be able to compliment another dude's package. You know, if it's like your bro. Let them know. Package is on fleek, babes, you know? Maybe don't say babes. Maybe don't say babes. Sorry. I'm used to talking to a, to, to a little little baby. So some of the, the baby stuff, uh, baby talk comes out. But, uh, you know, so then being able to, like, admire this specimen over here, you know, like, it just played in perfectly and uh, just fit. Dude, I got a shrine of him at, at the office yep. that Austin Theory gave me shit for, um, you know, <laughs> an interview that I did for, you know, the radio website that, yeah, at work. So, uh, I so I looked it up. It went platinum. Actually, his there you go. Wow. So yeah, it, it was released in two thousand five. Okay. So yeah, so we're coming up on the like the twenty year. Yeah, yeah. I think something 18, like that. Yeah, eighteen years now. But no other wrestler has a platinum selling out. I think that's true. I do believe the Macho Man's did not go platinum. It did not. Elias is definitely not go platinum. Oh my God, not a lot. I tried. I streamed it. Not his whole face just went. Oh, oh. He sucks that guitar. I'm sorry, and I know, <laughs> and I know, like me even saying that he wins in the end because that's his whole goal. But it's like, oh my God, just stop, <laughs> Elias. But yeah, Boogs does it, and I love it. So yes. I'll bring Woogs back out with uh, Shinsuke, man. Yeah. That guitar. Give him a fake, give him another fake ponytail and put a headband on him. Give me that Boogs back, man. Do you have a favorite John Cena match? Um, Probably not really. But I mean, you got to go with one of the like the rock matches, you know, probably uh, like the first WrestleMania, um, you know, rock match where he goes down. Right. Only because he kind of figured the second match and, you know, they're going to repeat history again and, you know, put him up and go over. But uh, and just also the build up to that whole match, uh, especially if you watch the documentary, uh, like The Rock was like, I think, seriously pissed. Yeah. Cena, yeah. you know, is just poking the bear, poking the bear. That's the thing about him having the promo on the hand, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. When uh, he called him out on, the, I think it was Raw. 
for having stuff written down on his palm. Right. So really interesting to see how everybody reacts to the rock now. Yeah. Like after all of, and that's where the movie stuff is really interesting is like now I, I would really consider John Cena to be the main wrestler turned movie guy. And then Batista almost being that second in command. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like after everything that happened with black Adam and, the the studio and it seemed like they were talking about like he kept trying to get sponsorships for his tequila and things like that so like everybody's behavior has really changed toward the rock over the last two years. there's this weird thing like him and john cena are both in fast and furious 10 mm-hmm. it's yeah. coming out and like there's this whole thing about it's out already vin yeah. Di- oh all right there's this whole like bing diesel Dwayne Johnson feud. Yeah, I don't think they like each other. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Not sure. I don't know. I would love to ask John Cena if he has a problem with Ben Diesel. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like John Cena would be like, I don't really care because we're both here to make money. Like he, I think he his whole mentality would be like Ben Diesel. If he's he doesn't like me, well, too bad. We got to film this movie, or then I'm gonna go catch a paycheck. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, totally. Yeah. You never know. Now it's like I mean, like with. Because these are former wrestlers, you never know when something is a work and when it's not anymore. Oh, yeah. Right. So there's there's always that, too, to the point of, like, there are some times where I'm like, this is a work or a shoot. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. And blur those lines. So what would you say? I mean, you've bought tons of different John Cena merch from T-shirts to action figures to the cardboard cutout behind you and the belt. What would you say is your favorite piece of John Cena merch and what might be like the weirdest piece of John Cena merch that you've hunted down? Weirdest and my favorite piece of John Cena merch. Um, I would say like why my favorite is the belt because this is like the only like I think semi-authentic real uh, you know like belt. Somebody spent some money on this thing. Yeah. Um, And I did not. I met a stranger in a church parking lot and I got this gifted, gifted to me for free. Wow. Uh, I just had to risk this, the meeting, the encounter with the stranger in the church right. lot. I may be getting murdered. Yeah, I felt a bit safer because it was a church, if I'm being honest. I was like, this. I was going to ask that. If I do die, it's on consecrated ground. So. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe the church is like a sign, like, let it be. It's good. You're, you're safe here. You know, uh, it's either that or it's going to be some sort of crazy radio stalker serial killer. And they know that I would find the church to be safe and then lure me there to do all sorts of horrible things to my body. Yep. So, but I would say uh, this is probably my favorite. Uh, in terms of weird, um, I think is like the weirdest thing at John Cena that I probably own is the sign that I made that says I'm a Cena sexual that I brought with me to a couple wrestling shows. That's a great sign. You know, but, um, and it has like John Cena. It looks like a, like a 1990s, like Valentine, like yeah. WWE Valentine you'd have in elementary school, you know? Yeah. So I, and I designed it that way, which is strange that, uh, it suddenly come up missing. Um, that could be my, my, my wife behind that. <laughs> but, uh, I couldn't <laughs> find like, it. Yeah. I couldn't find it for that. I found pretty much all my stuff. I even got my little owl. Nice. Yes. Um, did she pretty much she, did she draw the line when you wanted to name your son? You wanted to make his middle name John Cena. Yeah, she wasn't she wasn't down with that. So yeah, we went with the next best option, which was James. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. let that happen at all. Yeah. Well, I was like, well, John Cena's not the middle name, and obviously John Cena, right? The first name. 
<laughs> I can't no. remember if I told you this story or not, James, but when I was in California, I went to Chinatown and I found a CM Punk pop vinyl, which was really just John Cena's body of his pop vinyl. And they painted CM Punk's tattoos on John Cena's body. Really? What? It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, I got hype because we have a friend, Tim, who is, like, really into CM Punk. So yes. I was like, I found a CM Punk pop vinyl. And they're like, what? And then I sent it to them. And they're like, that's the body of John Cena with uh, a head of CM Punk. Uh, and they had the CM Punk box. Yeah. Which was so, even weirder. Was it like some sort of crazy bootleg that they're just yes. trying to pass off? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Ah. For $6, yeah. I, I bought this and then relinquished it to Tim because he has a collection of weird bootleg toys. Yes. So it, okay. they're going there. But I think that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's supposed to be. <laughs> and it would that is bucks, though. That's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> For six bucks, uh, you know, you can't go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, James, I'm... Super happy to be podcasting with you again. I'm super happy to have you on and, and talk about your love for John Cena. Now, yeah, man. Wicka, back. Wicka, wicka, wicka. <laughs> I'm hoping we can have you back very soon uh, to talk about Ninja Turtles because that movie's coming out in August. But before Absolutely. we go, yeah. before we let you plug something, we do a segment on the show called What Have We Learned? And we typically do it after we've talked to our guests. But I feel like I've come up with a game that you would actually be uh uh have a great time with yes okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna read off some lyrics and amy you need to tell me if those lyrics are john cena or not john cena but you have the secret weapon you have james a giant john cena fan oh no he's like oh no to pitch in so you can you can you can lifeline him the whole time and say like what do you think before you answer okay all right so and i'm so bad with lyrics and also john cena is not number one on my playlist well, i never listened to any of john cena's music so this is a so unless uh, like the lyrics open with trumpet pop. yeah yeah i i know yeah yeah we are gonna be in trouble well actually his, his lyrics are all probably wrestling related i could put on backwards so unless Chuck took up like a lot of time and he like wrote some weird like wrestling raps, yeah, this is. I think we might be able to figure this out. <laughs> this is just my my. Um, now now he's got on a hat. I got my backwards hat. Oh, very it's high times too. Perfect. Yes, it's a high times hat. Here we go. <laughs> Can't think of a more. All right, fit. so so here's your first song. Here's the lyrics for your first song. Okay. The raw rhymer turning legends to old timers. My incisors like a viper. Biting through your one-liners, new dead man ink, and we about to make you famous, taking over Earth, and still kicking in your anus. Dude, I feel like yeah. that. Is that John like Cena? John is that not John Cena? I, I feel like that's got to be him. That's yeah. that's the cheesiest wrestling <laughs> rhymes yep. known to man. That is the doctor of thugonomics himself. Please, I really hope I'm correct after I, I sold it like that. That is actually from the Thugonomics song. Okay. Thugonomics song. So there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Well done. All right. Let's try another one. Here you go. Don't you understand your own delusion? Or do, don't you understand your own confusion? Make up a fantasy in your little mind. Follow the leader. Let the blind lead the blind. Macho man. Macho man? Why do you say Macho Man? I, I'm just guessing Macho Man because it sounds like something that he would say to Hulk Hogan. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Even you know what? Strangely, I got this one. 
strangely, I think what she said makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I Actually, feel like it could have been Cena. I feel like it could have been Cena, but I do like the Macho Man theory. So you are correct. It is not John Cena. Okay. It is actually lyrics from Triple H's My Time. Oh, okay. Which was yeah, the generation X guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. my gosh. The Rage Against the Machine ripoffs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know that version of Triple H's theme, so. <laughs> I only know in your games. <laughs> All right. I got another one for you here. You guys are two for two. You're doing great. In any weather, I'm never better. Your boy's so hot, you'll never catch me in the next man's sweater. If they hate, let them hate. I drop your whole clan. Lay your ass down for the three-second tan. I feel like that's Cena. Yeah. There's so much about it that I'm like, it seems like, it almost seems like Chuck puts on like the Dr. Thugonomics voice when he's doing the Cena raps, it almost feels like. <laughs> So I think he's got almost a bit of a towel, you know? I didn't realize I have a towel. Yeah. He's putting like a little extra stank on some of the words, like a, like a, like a Boston yeah. accent there. Yeah. I, the three second tan part is the thing that I'm, yeah, that sounds the most like it to me. So I'm saying John Not Cena. Yeah. <laughs> that is from my time. My time is now. My time is now. Three for three. All right, man, you guys are cleaning up. All right, I got I got two more for you. Okay, and I I think you I think you get, you're gonna run the table on this. Flash up on the scene like a brown crusader, blowing up screens like space invaders. Too much damage for one to man to manage. Going fifty one fifty, speaking Spanglish. No, definitely not John Cena. I agree with her. I don't think a John Cena either. No, that one's too obvious. That's Rey Mysterio's theme. Yeah. Oh, because I'm like the brown, whatever. You yeah, see, brown, same brown, and fifty-one fifty were the two calls on that one. Like, okay, yeah, brown. I don't think he. Yeah, I thought I might slip it in there. I didn't want to make it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last one. This, if you can get this one, you're five for five. All right. Your boy's a bad man, and we invade in the streets. Make unclever rappers scurred. They be dropping the heat. Shocked the world. Now I'm standing alone. I flip fools like them clamshell cellular phones. Oh, I feel like he's putting the stank on. You don't think it's Cena? I don't know. I feel like Chuck is putting that stank on it again. <laughs> I mean, now he's just rapping in general. Like he's trying to- Which nobody wanted. Which nobody wanted. Uh, nobody I wanted don't know. <laughs> I sent some of the stank. I don't know. It doesn't I it doesn't feel like Cena to me. No. Well. You should have went with the. Well, this is going to be rapping about flipping clamshells. Yeah, you should. You should have went with the with the professional there. Well, he wins. I. Nice you saw bad bad man off of his album. Yeah, that's awful. There's a there's a video for it where <laughs> no. uh he he is um Hannibal from uh the the A team. No oh, jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. You know what? Platinum baby. Platinum. Song like that. There's a song that's I can't I have to look again. There's a song that's like got a swear word in the title, and I was like, Oh my what? gosh. Ooh, John Cena swearing. This is this is absolutely not child friendly, John Cena. And this curse word's so like ass. Shocked that you didn't pull Macho Man lyrics and throw them at me. I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 
How did you forget about Macho Man? I absolutely should have because the song. Oh, I tried to look up songs that you would know, but like I couldn't throw the Usos theme at you. Oh, yeah. No, that one I'm going to know. <laughs> Got like three lines and they're all, what up, Us? Well, and, and how many times have I listened to that? <laughs> it's on my workout playlist. Yeah, there's a song in his album called Don't Fuck With Us. Oh, well. wow, John. Well, so that's how I got that Suicide Squad role. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, I know we don't talk a whole lot anymore, but if you get the opportunity, there is a Peacemaker comic that just had its second issue come out right now, and it is absolutely from the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, at one point, uh, at one point, he's talking to somebody. He's like, Batman's been beating up the same clown for 20 years. You know how many clowns I could beat up in 20 years? And I love it's, it. Like, I love it. He's drawing. Yeah, I love when like, he takes shots Cena. at the other, like, the, the primetime players. In the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's some, some of my favorite jokes. James, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, hey, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash who the F is JC. And check out my print on demand t-shirt shop called I'd buy that shirt.com. Get yourself right. something sharp. <laughs> this is Wowabunga. It saves 50% off a $50 purchase or more. That's Wowabunga. 50% off a $50 purchase or more. <laughs> 29 or 2 for 50. No, no, no. I can't go that cheap. I would lose money on that deal. Uh, not the last time I'll be bothering you to be on the podcast, James, but I always appreciate talking to you. Yeah, no problem, man. It's always fun to uh, catch up and chit-chat with you guys. Best of luck with the really big fan pod. Thank you. Up to the title. I was like, I can't go on the really big fan podcast and not look like a really big fan. <laughs> we appreciate Remember, I met a stranger in a church parking lot and survived. <laughs> Well, I met a stranger in a Walmart parking lot for a Taco Bell rug. True story. Save it for the next one. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is advantageous. Is oh, that I lost. Brought- Sorry. I unplugged my earbud. I can't hear you guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I got to. <laughs> ah, that's good enough. We can cut it there, right? Yeah, yeah, all right. All right. We'll be back with our serotonin boost. The really you guys thought I was podcast. able to hear through the computer or something fancy. Nope. <laughs> Welcome back to Really Big Fan Podcast, and thanks again to James for hanging out with us and talking John Cena. Like I said, not the last time. I'm definitely going to be bugging him to be on the podcast. Uh, I mentioned last week that we uh, now have ads in our podcast, uh, that when you listen online on Friday mornings when those go up, but you can get an ad-free version of the podcast at the $5 tier over on our Patreon right now. And of course, you can also... You know, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon that way, or you can just, you know, throw a couple bucks. We've got a couple of people who just throw us a couple dollars just because, but we appreciate all of it. And we appreciate everybody that watches us on Twitch. Um, before we wrap up the show, it's, uh, as always, time for us to give you one last hit of serotonin in our serotonin boost. I, I take it you want me to start. I can start. I, I figured something out already. All right. Here we go. <laughs> me figuring out my serotonin boost like right before we're supposed to do them. So, uh, by the time that this ends up on the podcast, I will have photographed Santana. Hell yeah. And that's going to be awesome. I got my approval, like, maybe, like, three or four days ago. And uh, I'm really stoked about it because of the fact that that's, like, the first concert I remember that I went to when I was younger. And it was, like, me and my best friend, Casey, and we went with my mom and her boyfriend. And we all had pavilion seats, but we wanted to go run around. So we went up to the hill and we were in seventh grade at this point. 
and we were just getting like contact high on the hill. Like we were just running around, like everybody on the hill was stoned and loving on each other. Yeah. It was very like that that is as close as to Woodstock I will ever get. Um <laughs> so many concerts at Pine Knob and only had hill seats that when I get pavilion seats, I just want to be up on the hill. <laughs> yeah, you feel weird about it. Yeah, I'm like I don't want to be down here. I don't care that I'm this close. Like I can they got big screens. I yeah. can watch the big screens. Yeah, I don't mind it when I'm just like if I've seen a band or whatever. Like when we went to see Weezer and Pixies, like yeah. that was fine. It was great. Was like, this is fine. I'm I'm totally cool with this. But like if I'm by myself or I'm not like hanging out with people, yeah. like, I am irritated the whole time. Like, <laughs> I have to be like sufficiently distracted to not want to be in the photo pit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a problem that I have. So uh, I am I'm really stoked because uh being that I remember doing that, this is also at Pine Knob. Yep. So it's kind of a little full circle. So yeah, that's for cool. me, which is awesome. Plus, I love Santana, and he gives great guitar face, and that's going to be epic. I'm only going to want to know one thing when you get back, and is and that is the smooth still slap if Rob Thomas isn't there to sing it. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> He's not playing it. Yeah, I, I would have to think he has probably like a, um, like he, he's definitely got a full band. Yeah. So. I would assume somebody else somebody is not, trained. He's not dragging Rob Thomas all over. Well, no, Rob Thomas is also on tour currently with Matchbox 20. Right. He's definitely not. <laughs> Although that would have been a good, if, if they would have had them on on a festival lineup, that would have been a good show to make moment. Well, that's what I was saying about that Queens of the Stone Age thing you talked about in the first segment mm-hmm. is that like the Foo Fighters played that and Dave played drums in the album song for the Dead is on. Yeah. It would have been neat if Dave came out and played drums on that one, but at the same time... They're... Dave played, like, three sets that weekend. Yeah, well, come on, Dave. Quit slacking. <laughs> Only three sets. Yeah, Dave played a surprise set of Glastonbury for Foo Fighters, and then who else did he play with? I forget. There were two other groups, like, he popped up. That wasn't that wasn't the Wet Leg? Uh... No, that was a long time ago. Yeah, okay. the Wet Leg thing happened, like... A, a different festival probably like six months ago or right something. but they, he popped up to play i think he played with the pretenders okay one of them that he, he played the drums on the pretenders stuff yeah and then i think he popped up somewhere else if i'm not mistaken i just don't remember where dave's slowing down at his old age oh yeah he can only do three sets it was, it was the last set of the night he was probably at home in bed and i would not blame him <laughs> yes Sure. Or that poor man just going all day long. <laughs> Harry, what's yours? Well, my serotonin boost this week is the uh, amazing Grimace Shake TikToks oh, that have permeated the internet. I have only just begun to see them in the last like 24 hours. Yeah. Every one of them is brilliant. It is a generation raised on Adult Swim. Um, like if it's, if you're not familiar, uh, people, you know, there's a grimace from McDonald's is celebrating his birthday. They've got a purple shake that you can get as a grimace shake. And the grimace shake TikToks usually involve somebody wishing grimace a happy birthday and taking one sip. And then there's a hard cut to them in some form of distress, looking like a dead body with grimace shake all over themselves. Yeah. I've seen people drawing the Spider-Man characters. Yeah. Having them. I've seen people draw Fallout Boy. Yeah, having them and like very disdainfully because like somehow that they, they still look like Fallout Boy even though their back is turned to you because it's sure. their face down. Yep, covered in grimace shake. But like I knew no context for it whatsoever, so I was just like, okay. So 
Yeah, when I was seeing them, I was like, like I said, this is a a generation race that adults swim. This is like a weird ass adult swim kind of thing. But actually, I was doing a little looking before the show, and there is a video game called Dragon Ronpa that has like a couple of volumes in it. And uh, in that game, there's a group of high school students playing something called the Death Game. Mm -hmm. And whenever they show one of them dead, the blood is pink. Oh. So it's kind of subtly a reference to that. Yeah. Whether people know they're referencing it or not, or whether they're just seeing a funny TikTok and then having an idea for making their own Grimace Shake TikTok. But yeah, they're brilliant. And uh, if you have any Grimace Shake TikToks to share with us, please do on our socials at Really Big Fan Pod because I am absolutely enjoying them. Yeah, that wasn't my favorite out of all of them. There was one that I saw, though, that was uh, talking about Grimace being his body and his bread. And they like photoshopped yeah. him into the blood. And it's the- there, there was there was my chemical grimace. Yeah, it's this, the- which showed uh, both versions of grimace on either side, and in the my chemical romance setup. Yeah, but yeah, like, there is this is my blood, and this is my body, and the body was hash browns. Yeah, something like that. Well, and I saw somebody else um, tweet. I had thought I'd retweeted it, but I guess I didn't. Um, there was one where it was like, "This is my body." And he goes, what is the bread? What is the bread, Grimace? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, follow us on social media at Really Big Fan Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, where we're blowing up with our... Uh... No, Instagram is where we're blowing up. Oh, Instagram, yeah. sorry. Our yeah, Instagram. I need to get on with TikTok. I, I posted one video to our TikTok and then forgot about TikTok for like three months on my... That's okay. I got a new phone this past weekend and you sent me a TikTok and I had to re-download it. <laughs> it, it looked at my new phone, looked at the apps that I'd used and realized I had not used TikTok in long enough and just didn't download it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's a smartphone. We'll be back next week with more of the Really Big Fan Podcast. You mentioned earlier in the show that you were bummed that queens weren't playing a lot of villain songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it made me remember this brain exercise I go through all the time. And I'm curious what some of the, what your, some, some of your answers would be. What are some of your favorite bands? Like what are the tours you wish you'd have seen them on? Like for instance, I don't know how much I would enjoy seeing Radiohead now, but if I had seen them during like the Ben's are okay computer, I'd have loved it. Yeah, um, definitely would have loved to have seen My Chemical Romance on the Black Parade. Yeah. That's definitely one of them. Villains is really the one that I complain a lot about for Queens of the Stone Age. Um, There was one instance where I had tickets for the Black Keys during their tour for Brothers, and because there were like four things going on downtown, and the person I was with didn't want me to park my car in a shitty area, I ended up turning around and just going home and eating $200 worth of tickets. Ooh. Album I really, really loved, and it was probably the worst experience. I I don't remember crying nearly as much (laughs) about a concert other than that one, because I was so upset about it i just told you about this one last week but uh faith no more was on tour for probably my favorite faith no more album Mm -hmm. and i got tickets for it and me and uh my sister went uh and we were standing outside the venue and i my stomach was really 
like I was in immense pain mm-hmm. and I was like, I I can't, I can't go to the show. Like, we're just going to have to scalp these tickets. And we scalped the tickets and we went home. And when I felt better, we went to um, media play and bought CDs with the money we used for the scalp tickets. Yeah. She got uh, Smash Mouth's Fushu Mang with Walk In The Sun and I got Chumbawamba. Oh, God. But I really wish I could have seen Faith on that tour. I wish my stomach would have cooperated. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's like, I, I don't know if there's anything else that I could really think of that I really, really wanted to see live in that that situation. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of bands are really good, and this is something that I highlight a lot when I write about stuff, is like, these bands are really good of mixing their set lists, usually, to That's- balance out, like, like you go to a Jimmy World show, and you're getting everything you want to hear. You know, you go to That's- my chemical romance show, you're getting everything you wanted to hear and more. Right. Paramore is very balanced with their set lists, you know. There's not as many bands that I run into where I go and they're like, Well, we're just gonna play our whole new album and fuck you. So oh, for sure. There are some that do that, but like I feel like the last time that I had a band actually do that to me was brand new. Yeah. And, and it was like the last album that they had put out or something that that that's how their tour always was. They right. pretty much lo- front load the entire set with the new album and then play like three or four tracks at the end that you wanted to hear. I, I'm really glad my first Smashing Pumpkins experience was during Siamese Dream. Yeah. I saw them at Lollapalooza and, and got to see them play a bunch of Siamese Dream stuff. And that was cool. Like seeing them. I, I went the next time they came for uh, Melancholy and like that show was good, but it wasn't as good as a Siamese Dream show. Yeah. Well, because like as you said that, I was like, oh man, like Melancholy would be the one out of all of them that I yeah. probably want to see. But e- even if it was like you had some Siamese Dream and Melancholy in there, like that probably would have been more beneficial to me than like the one that we saw with Metric. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, adore in that that you just were not on board for. Well, uh, yeah, there was that, and it was like, um, th- like you had Solera, and I wasn't really interested in hearing Solera that much. Sure. For that, once I saw it live, I was like, "Oh, this isn't terrible. <laughs> this is better than I thought it was before." Now the song grew on me. But yeah. It took, it took me seeing it live and listening to it and kind of waterboarding myself with it to like it. <laughs> So like it, it was weird. It, I don't I don't know. Like, sorry, Billy, but I like your old stuff. I don't know. <laughs> he's furious right now. He has no idea why. Yeah, yeah. He's just enraged. He's, and, he's at his coffee house in Chicago. Yeah, you just got a ping of irritation. Yeah, he has no his idea. Hand is shaking, and the tea is coming out of the cup. <laughs> Someone said they wanted me to make another Siamese dream, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> 